0: Welcome to Spoken Web Shortcuts. Each month on alternate fortnights—that's every second week following the monthly Spoken Web podcast episode—join me, Hannah McGregor, and our minisode host and curator, Catherine McLeod, for Spoken Web's Shortcuts miniseries. We'll share with you specially curated audio clips from deep in the Spoken Web archives to ask, "What does it mean to cut and splice digitally?" What kinds of new stories and audio criticism can be produced through these short archival clips? An extension of the Shortcuts blog posts on Spoken Web Blog, this series brings Catherine's favorite audio clips each month to the Spoken Web podcast feed. So if you love what you hear, make sure to head over to spokenweb.ca for more. Without further ado, here is Catherine McLeod with Spoken Web Shortcuts mini-stories about how literature sounds. How can you hear time?
1: When listening to a recording, can you be listening for time? In a set of recordings of a reading series, such as the Sir George Williams Poetry Series, there is an audible marking of time whenever a host of a December reading mentions that the next reading will take place in January. The New Year. What hopes did the audience have for the new year? How do these archival recordings help us understand hope in our present moment?
0: I negotiate
2: the steps of paradise, leaping to measures that I cannot hear. Thank you. I want to thank Mr. Hine and also announce that the next reading is on January 26 by the American poet John Logan.
1: That was a clip of the end of Daryl Hine reading The Trout in December 1967. What was the audience thinking and what did they imagine for January 1968? What did Hine imagine? What if these were the last words of poetry that he read out loud in front of an audience in 1967? The words suddenly feel weightier when thinking of them in that way. A feeling that I would argue we can hear in another reading that ends up being the last one of 1968 in the Sir George Williams series. It's a reading by James Wright on December 13th, 1968. Suddenly I realize that if I stepped out of my body, I would break into blossom. Thank you.
2: I'd just like to express all our thanks to James Wright for sharing his poetry and his curses and blasphemy with us tonight, and to remind you that the next uh, reading in the series is by Mural Rukeyser on Friday, January
1: 24th. What did the audience hear when they heard, Suddenly I realized that if I stepped out of my body, I would break into blossom. What hopes did they have for 1969 as they listened? 1969. The last reading of that year in the Sir George Williams series was introduced by George Bowering, and the anticipation of the new year comes up right at the start.
0: Another Vancouver night in the series. This will be, this is the final reading of the fall series, and uh, will be picked up again in January. And as you know from the propaganda sheets, um, we're presenting what I consider to be the center of the Vancouver writing scene. Gladys Hindmarch uh, has been in that scene for uh, 10 years and was associated with all those with those people who've got all kinds of names over the last few years, such as the West Coast Movement and the Tisch Movement and the New Wave uh, Canada and, all, and that sort of business.
1: By the way, Bowering and Hindmarch read together virtually on December sixteenth, 2020. I mention that to mark time here in this minisode. Back to the archive. 1970. Let's see how this year ends in poetry, or at least in the Sir George Williams Poetry series. The reading by Ted Berrigan on December 4th, 1970, is cut off, so we don't know if it ended with an announcement about the next reading, but it did end with Berrigan reading this poem. These are the last words heard in this last reading of 1970. It is the end of a poem called People Who Died.
2: Killed by smoke poisoning while playing the flute at the Yonkers Children's Hospital during a fire set by a 16-year-old arsonist, 1965. Frank, Frank O'Hara, hit by a car on Fire Island, 1966. Woody Guthrie, dead of Huntington's chorea in 1968. Neil, Neil Cassidy, died of exposure, sleeping all night in the rain by the railroad tracks of Mexico, 1969. Franny Winston, just a girl, totaled her car on the Detroit-Ann Arbor Freeway, returning from the dentist, September 1969. Jack, Jack Kerouac, died of drink, and angry sicknesses in 1969. My friends, whose deaths have slowed my heart, stay with me now.
1: We are listening to what it felt like to hear those words in 1970 and to feel those deaths as recent. We are hearing time and what it felt like to feel in that time. In the Berrigan poem, that feeling is one of loss, a feeling that so often counters a feeling of anticipation. We hear that anticipation in my last example, the end of a reading by Charles Simic in 1971. greatest
2: mistake, the word I allowed to be written when I should have shouted her name. Thank you. The next reading will be on January 14th. Dorothy Livesey will be at that time.
1: If I were in the audience in 1971, I would be looking forward to that reading by Dorothy Livesey in 1972. Listening for time in the archives reveals moments such as these, ones in which hope is audible. That listening is something we can learn from as we anticipate a new year. We don't know what is ahead, and even as I speak these words now, recording them under my blanket fort at home, I hope they will be heard, though in what context I do not know. Right now, I play the role of the host in these archival recordings by marking time here and now, and by imagining a future time. In the role of the archival listener, I also know how it feels to hear a future time imagined as hopeful. It's a powerful feeling to look forward to something, to share that feeling, and to listen back hearing people looking forward to something. Thanks for listening, and here's to more listening together in 2021.